Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Been looking forward to having this conversation with you. Let's just kick it off with my famous one word open. What's that one word right now you could use to describe how you're feeling? Uh, uh, even. I'm always, I'm pretty much always even. I, I try not to do any ups, any downs. So it's, uh, I find that's a good way to go through life. I try to get my kids to do the same thing. No drama. I love it. I might, I might take, I might, you know, look, go after what you're doing. Yeah. Just keeping it even. That's kind of nice. It's a new different perspective. So with that said, take a few minutes. Tell us about your background. Who is Mike? What do you do? What have you done? And that's the big million dollar question. So go ahead and open up. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was about to quote the jerk from when it was Steve Martin. So, uh, never mind. I'll uh, I'll give that up. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, I was in the agency. I was in the CIA for uh, going on 20 years uh, in the operations side. Uh, agencies split up: operations directorate, um, the intelligence directorate, science, technology, and admin. I was in the operations group and. Uh, Spent a great time there. Uh, had a fantastic ride. Met wonderful people. Um, very much appreciate. Still have a nice relationship with them. And uh, but I got out at a certain point um, when I was actually a single dad. Had to raise my daughter, and so needed to be home because that apparently is the key to parenting. <laughs> it's to be home. And um, so I started the company with a very close friend of mine who came out of the British teams out of SBS and uh, MI5. And so we built a business in the global intelligence and uh, security risk mitigation space. Uh, and I've been um, doing that ever since. Uh, it's, uh, it's called Portman Square Group. And uh, we operate around the world. And it's, it's been, again, an equally challenging and interesting ride. I've been very fortunate. That's awesome. Thanks for giving us the high level overview. I can't wait to get deep into the business side of things. But before we do that, can you just share with us, you know, what's on top of mind right now for Mike? What's what's kind of floating up there that you want to talk about and just kind of share your point of view on? That way we could all kind of be on the same page with you, where your mindset and all that stuff is at. Yeah, uh, top of mind is, is just that, uh, you know, the world's kind of a shit show right now. Um, and it's it's very chaotic. And I'd have to really sit and ponder when was the last time we were looking at such a um, chaotic situation in, in a number of places around the world. So, you know, now it's compacted by the uh, compounded by the fact that we've got a global recession underway. And um, so I, I think that's it. I think that's top of mind is just uh, the chaos that has been going on. I mean, if you'd asked me that question five years ago, I would have you know, probably answered you know, issues related to the Middle East. But, you know, because we have ADHD, you know, we've kind of forgotten that there's an Afghanistan and Iraq this early from the departure. And we're now obviously facing a variety of other issues. Absolutely. I know when you're talking to Joe Rogan, you were different things were on top of mind for you. So that's, uh, you know, like you said, we all just move on and move forward and uh, all that good stuff. So with that said, let's shift over to the business side. So tell us, walk us through when you completed your work with CIA and you started your own business going into private. Tell us how that came about and, uh, and we'll dive deep into that. So go right ahead. Yeah, sure. No, I, uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting uh, story. Maybe only interesting to me, but <laughs> I find it interesting. I sit and mumble to myself all the time. Uh, but uh, when I got ready to leave, I, I, uh, I literally, you know, approached uh, one of my 
real mentors and, and a very good friend now. I'm, I'm still lucky to call him a very good friend. He was a very senior officer there at the agency. And I said, look, I think it's time for me to go. I've got to, uh, I've, you know, I've got to find something that keeps me, you know, a little more close to home, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's just time. And um, so I had no, you know, real discernible set of skills outside of what I was doing. And I think that was kind of the question. So uh, a number of people, I think, thought I was insane to leave. I didn't retire, right, because I wasn't of age to retire. And so I had to I had just kind of chucked my pension away or whatever you call it and uh, and jumped into a business where I had no business experience. And I started it with a, a good buddy of mine. And, and we were fortunate in that um, when I when I left initially, we got uh, an opportunity to work with a, a very well-known guy in the investigation space over in Europe. And is it just a first class guy named Mike Comer? He's sadly deceased now, but he gave us a real opportunity. He was starting up another business. He'd sold one previously. He was very successful. And he gave us that chance, right, to make mistakes in the first, you know, year and a half or so, two years of our being out of our, the old business. And that was invaluable. Without that, we couldn't have probably marched forward. But we decided at a certain point that we didn't want to work for somebody. We wanted to have our own thing. And ultimately, I'm, I'm, you know, you'll never shift me off this position, but that's, it's not only just about wealth or how you create money. It's quality of life, right? It's making your own decisions. Uh, one thing the agency uh, probably doesn't do, depending on where you're at and the operation side, anyway, I found it was, it doesn't, doesn't make you a very good employee because they give you so much responsibility and so much um, yeah, independence to make decisions when you're operating either on your own or in a small team. And, and so you come out of that experience and you'd be a shit employee for anybody, right? If you go out and work for a company, at least that's, again, that's my opinion. And so we really wanted to have our own operation. So we built this up and it, it does, you know, it does exactly what you would think. We do everything from pedestrian due diligence on people and operating environments to investigations, litigation support, asset tracing, a lot of strategic intelligence collection, right? Looking at plans and intentions and motivations of, of, of whatever or whomever. Um, and then a lot of security services. So we operate, again, in some challenging and difficult environments, and that's everything from risk and threat assessments to, uh, you know, assisting with executive protection concerns and, you know, kidnap ransom, extortion issues. And, and that's, on the, again, on the security side, that's a fairly straightforward business, I suppose. Awesome. So in terms of your point of view, I know people hire you and your company for many different reasons, but what are the top three uh, mm. services they re retain you guys for, hire you guys for? And as you're kind of walking us through those top three, tell us your point of view and why you think that is, if it's maybe you're the only one that offers that service or you're the best at it, or that way people listening could have some takeaways about how your your process works. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I, uh, I think really when it comes down to it, what we do is information, right? Intelligence or information, however you want to couch it. Um, and it just depends on what the client needs that for, right? And so, but everything we do at the end of the day, with the exception of the security services, falls into this big bucket labeled information. Uh, a lot of uh, clients, hedge funds, private equity groups, financial institutions, and companies, you know, they need due diligence, right? They need the homework done ahead of a joint venture or a business relationship or a key hire or an investment, whatever it may be. Because at the end of the day, most of the frauds that take place out there, most of the, the time when something 
goes south or, you know, you got some goat rope at the back end of a transaction, it's because nobody did their homework up front. So, you know, I'm always amazed when I see people chunking 100 million, 200 million, half a billion dollars into some investment or some operation, and they haven't done $20,000 worth of due diligence to make sure they know who the principals are that they're getting in bed with or what the company's actual track record is, particularly if it's overseas in China or some other environment where things are a little bit obtuse. So I think it's, that's one of those key services. And I think, you know, they, they come to us because a lot of what we do is based on human sourcing, right? And that's a, that's different than just going online and ticking the boxes and, you know, saying, okay, I've done some due diligence, you know, cause I've done some open source work. Um, that's good. And if you're, that's all you're going to do, well, at least you've done that. But what we tend to be known for is kind of going the next step, identifying human sources out there, wherever they may be, and uh, identifying where the information resides. It's going to be critical to these the companies or the clients or whomever. And then eliciting that information in inappropriate ways, because again, everything's got to be done appropriately and legally based on what that jurisdiction allows. So the way you gather information in Russia is a little bit different than the way you're allowed to gather information in the US or in Europe as an as the example. But so I think that's why they, they come to us. Other things you know, that, that we end up doing are investigations, uh, a lot of investigations, fraud investigations, theft of intellectual property, counterfeiting concerns. Um, and again, part of that is our ability to use human, uh, human sourcing. A number of companies in our space got out of that business because it's not really scalable and everybody wants world domination. I don't, I don't need that. You know, I'm looking to keep a fairly bespoke operation of a certain size. I think I'd be pretty crap at running a large organization. So we tend to, we stay in that human space and that supports our investigations. And you can gather a basement load of information, right? Through data mining. But at the end of the day, oftentimes you're gonna need somebody who was in the room or knows someone within that key circle, whatever it's gonna, someone's gotta tell you what all that data that you've collected means, right? And so we, we tend to do that. We augment a lot of uh, investigations with the human. And then uh, we just do what we do, a lot of security work, uh, risk and threat assessments, uh, assessing uh, existing security uh, protocols, whether it's active threat or workplace violence, or you know, how do you handle kidnap and ransom? Uh, you know, what is your executive protection details? How are they doing? You know, do you need to realign them? You know, what sort of training are they getting, and is it consistent enough? Um, so there's a lot of risk mitigation work that goes on too, and um, I think you know we're we tend to be very good at it. I you know again it's it's I. I that's exactly what people would expect me to say. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say we're shit at it. <laughs> Boy, we, we're, we're, we're pretty average at what we do. But I think, you know, I think we've been around long enough now that, uh, you know, we've got a pretty good, solid reputation and we got great people. You know, I think the one thing that we did, if I have to, again, uh, you know, pat myself on the back uh, is uh, we we hired right from the beginning. We hired smart people smarter than us. And we just explained the mission and then we got the hell out of the way, right? And as long as clients are happy, I don't care. We've been, we've been teleworking or whatever they call it for years and years and years because I, I don't really don't care where my people are as long as the clients are happy. I don't care whether they're in the office at a certain point of the day or they leave at a certain time of day. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me. 
as long as the work product is as good as it can be and the clients are happy. You know, so we've, we've really focused on quality of life. I think that's helped us retain excellent people. That's really awesome to hear. And, and to your point, when it comes to, you know, whatever the workspace is or has been and will be, or it is now, at the end of the day, either you're effective or you're not effective as, as a team, team member. So as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and the time limit and your deadlines, that's the most important thing. But that's really fascinating to hear what, what you guys do and how you help people. I know you've helped many different people. Without you mentioning the details of the person or the organization that you helped, uh, can you tell me the main outlier that sticks out for you that you're really proud of to share, like the biggest impact you made for them? Now think about that for a second and just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I have to be a little bit careful because, I mean, all our clients kind of depend on discretion uh, when it comes to that. But I would say we've, we've done some some pretty impressive things over the years in uh, some very challenging environments. So uh, the former Soviet Union kind of stands out. And we, um, we started assisting uh, a couple of clients early days um, when you know, the, the, the conditions in Russia were, were pretty difficult for uh, outside companies coming in uh, and looking to take advantage of now, a, a, you know, a, a dem- supposedly a new democracy in, in Russia and, and what that could mean in terms of markets. Um, we were able to uh, develop uh, significant sourcing in, in uh, and around Moscow and St. Pete and elsewhere in part because it was a very chaotic time internally, right? And so there were a lot of people, uh, a lot of Russian executives, business types, former government types, um, just kind of wandering around a little bit uh, stuck in the headlights, not sure what to expect, right? And so I don't wanna say that chaos creates opportunities, but it does in a lot of different ways, including uh, the development of of, uh, human sources. So we got very lucky. That allowed us then to provide some very, you know, uh, well-sourced, incredible uh, insight for companies that were going into Russia uh, in the, you know, early 2000s, as an example, right? Um, and the, the mid, you know, around the 2010 timeframe, that area, it was very, uh, it was, it was a very interesting time. And so that was that was something. But all that means is that our methodology was correct, right? And our ability to recruit sources uh, appropriately. Again, we're not doing, this is not shifty business espionage. This is understanding what the client needs from information perspective, knowing where that information resides, finding people who have access to that information, and then appropriately, and within the bounds of what's allowable within whatever jurisdiction, getting those people to provide that information. And, and so I don't wanna over mystify this or make it sound as if it's, you know, because there's enough companies out there doing that, talking about how how spooky it is, or it's all smoke and mirrors, and oh my god, and no, we're just we're giving our clients, you know, that much better information than all their competitors, and they're going to do this much better out there in the marketplace. So it's it's like what you tell your kids: work this much harder, you'll do this much better. It's it's not rocket science. I love it. I want to kind of shift over to your why in a second. So we'd love to hear. You know, you know, for you to share with us, what's your why? You know, what's what's Mike's why? What has it been? What's it going to be? That way we kind of get a little more into your mindset and all that good stuff. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just trying to 
I'm just trying to get through life, man. I'm just, I'm just you know, I, I, uh, uh, I, I'm probably like a lot of people. Most important thing to me is, is my family, right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, duty, loyalty, uh, those things are, are, you know, top uh, as well. But, you know, I, I'm trying to be a good example, you know, and I don't want to get hit by a bus at the end of the day or, you know, you know, die, however I'm going to die. And my last thought being, well, fuck it. I could have done better. Right. I could have tried a little bit harder. So I'm just trying to get to the point where, you know, when, when the lights go out, I can kind of think, okay, I did everything I could. Um, and whether that means I tried to be the best, you know, to, to the kids that I could, or to my wife, who was frankly the smartest, most excellent, wonderful person I've ever met. I know people say that, but honest to God, I, you know, I definitely outkicked my coverage. So it's, um, you know, whether it's that or just work-wise or just trying to challenge myself, you know, I, I, it's life's, life's so damn short. Uh, so, you know, you want to, you, you, you want to take advantage of it and you don't want to be average. I tell my kids all the time, the world is just absolutely full of average people. Right. And I, I feel like my job's not to raise more average people. And you got to, so you got to do that by giving them opportunity to whatever that means. And then also giving them some sense of what that example looks like. So that's kind of it. And that's, that was a very large nutshell or opportunity to explain why that was a lot of words. I love it, man. That Mike, that was really deep as, as you were kind of getting into it, a lot of things you said resonated with me. So, and I'm sure the audience listening as well. Um, that was, that was pretty awesome and deep, like just to reiterate that. So, and then shifting back over to business as we're coming to a close here, from your experience, what's the, what's like, what's, what's the talk that a person is having at their organization? Like if they're debating on if they should reach out to someone like you or, you know, or not, like what's going on in their head? What's their head talk? Like, should I reach out? Is this problem big enough? Or maybe it's not big enough or, you know, from your experience, what have you heard afterwards when you get a use case and you go, okay, or, you know, this is this is what they were dealing with, and this is why they reached out to us. And you see a pattern. Tell us about that, so people who are listening can have an idea of like, hey, if I have this issue or this potential issue that's coming, I should reach out to Mike's company. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. And honestly, frankly, Tony, I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> I said I, I thought I've, been, I've heard a lot of questions, but I, that was that's a brand new one. Um, I, I suspect because we get tasked or we get contacted by uh general counsel's office outside counsel law firms um for companies we get called by you know global insight operations inside a corporation or the risk and compliance people and it just depends on or you know a lot of times they're security folks but it it typically what happens is it's an issue within the company where they either don't have the resources to, to address it. Uh, it's a new issue that they haven't addressed before and they're just looking for a little guidance. Um, it's what they would consider to be outside uh, their purview. And so they'd rather have a, a, an outside provider uh, handle the issue uh, for either discretion's purposes or it's, it's sensitive, whatever it may be. And you know, it could be everything from an internal fraud concern, um, which happens, unfortunately, you know, far too often. Uh, it could be a cyber issue nowadays. That's 
man, that's, you know, right up there. And a lot of money being chunked into uh, both the private and public sector, obviously, for, for cyber issues. But uh, it could be something like, look, we're just looking at this you know, investment. And what do we know about the principals and the key players? Well, we don't know much. So maybe we ought to have that information. And, and sometimes, you know, what our sweet spot is, is those companies out there and the operations that are really proactive. And what they understand is the value of intelligence or information. And that's tough to do because most security operations inside a company or most, most of the risk operations and intel operations inside large corporations, they're viewed as cost centers, right? And so I always feel bad for those people because they're always pushing a rock up a hill, always trying to get the, the home office to understand that they need budget, right? And the home office just looks and goes, well, you're not making us any money. You know, you're not like the, the, you know, the business divisions. But once that security shop or the intel operation or the audit or the compliance or whatever it is, once they can demonstrate the value of information, right? And this information allowed you to avoid a real problem, which could have cost you X, or it provided you the opportunity to take advantage of, a, of an opportunity, right? In a competitive marketplace. And you've now made this money. Once they get to that point inside these companies and they see that information you know, from these operations, these various units that in the past have been considered cost centers, that they can make money for that organization or avoid a real problem that could damage their brand and, and bottom line, that's a happy day. And so oftentimes we'll get calls from companies that, you know, I've been working for us or with us for, you know, for quite a while now. I don't even want to think about how long. And, um, and those, that's, that's a really good, again, that's sort of right in our wheelhouse working with companies that, that are proactive and understand the value of information. Good stuff. Thanks for getting, getting the details out um, to us about that. So because if they don't know, they don't know, right? But now that you've kind of clearly defined the potential um, strong reason for them to reach out to you to make sense. So with that said, give us your website address in case people want to go and find out more information. Sure. Uh, <laughs> if I know it, look at me. I'm not, I'm not the most... Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Here we go. www. There you go. There's a surprise. Dot uh, portmansquaregroup.com. Portmansquaregroup.com. You can't miss it. It's, um, you know, PSG is the company. And, uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's the best part about it is having employees that have worked with you for a long time. And they're not even employees. They're, they're you know, they're colleagues and raising families. Um, and that becomes kind of primary, you know, is, is, and so that's part of the why too, going back to your earlier question is I feel a real responsibility and obligation to people that have uh, been extremely good and professional and loyal. And, you know, that also drives you and keeps you on the hamster wheel. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Here we are at the close. It's time for you to sign us off with a one word close. And, and then when you're closing out with this work, give us the context why you're choosing this work. You know, by the way, Tony, now that people have listened to me bang on for a while, they're, they're probably saying there's no way in hell this guy can give a one word answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right. At least you tried. That's the important thing. Is trying, right? It's showing, showing the, hey, the ability. Away, to... man. Let's see if we can make it happen. All right. Let's see. What is that one word close, man? Give it to us. <laughs> uh, Damn, that's hard. Uh, I would say uh, thanks. Awesome, man. That's it. Uh, thank, yeah, same here. Thank you very much. This has been a meaningful conversation. Looking forward to having you back on here sometime soon. Sure. I look forward to it as well, man. Take care.